It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focus black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show, Thank buddy. you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played the 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now, that's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Everybody, hour number two on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. You can listen on the Raiders mobile app for free. Great way to listen to the show, lvsportsnetwork.com or 9.20 a.m. here in Vegas. Man, I wish we were on every station in Vegas today because I don't know of another station. I just walked by two others that don't have live shows now. I think we're the only live radio show in Vegas now. I really do. I don't know. There are other sports. Don't we have every sports station in this building, Bobby? Like We have everything, right? We have every sports station and team in town, and other ones aren't on today. We're trying to get the Golden Knight fans going. So I don't know who else is out there trying to steal our audience away from us. But we're here in Vegas. The Stanley Cup's here. We want to get some Vegas hockey fans excited to go and get ready and be a part of this spectacular week or week and a half or two weeks as it plays out. So if you're a hockey fan, pick any show all week long. Bring me a hockey call on how important the Stanley Cup is for you. If it's not important to you, maybe tie it into how important it is to the city. Maybe tie it into why this organization's run better than some other organizations. Talk about anything that ties in sports. Okay, this is a sport, hockey. We're a sports talk show. We want to get everybody involved with this because it might never happen again. It doesn't happen anymore in Toronto. It doesn't happen in Montreal. It doesn't happen in Calgary. It doesn't happen in Winnipeg, right? What am I forgetting? It doesn't happen in Canada, and we have it in Vegas. It's incredible that this is happening here. Uh, Raiders Roundtable, I believe the Raiders just put it out, so it is uh, fed right now through the Raiders and all their multiple platforms here. So if you're a Raider fan, you want to see what we did earlier today, along with Q Myers. Q's coming up next. We hosted Raiders Roundtable. That gets a really nice download because it's a Raiders official podcast. So that is out there. We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, the flex schedule, and the fact that they got rid of the foot in football because they're going to have a fair catch rule. When it comes to the kickoff, which I think is alarmingly terrible. I mean, they're gonna, you're going to be able to fair catch a kickoff and be rewarded with the ball going to the 25-yard line. What the hell is that? This is tackle football. And we addressed it in the podcast of how do you take away that weapon from Daniel Carlson, who's really good at kicking the ball to the five-yard line, where the Raiders hope to have superior players on special teams to make a tackle inside the 15 for field position, now you get the fair catch. What the hell is this? Pop Warner? What's going on? Are you going to let the moms on the field for juice boxes? What are we doing with football where we're saying we want to protect the players by not having kickoffs and fair catches? you kidding me? What the hell are we even playing this game back to leather helmets if we're going to take away the physicality of the sport? Look, I'm all for protecting quarterbacks. Make better helmets. Have stricter penalties if they get hit hard and they're concussed. That's what you do. Protect the quarterback. 
What are you going to do? Now, now we're protecting the kickoff returner? He has a job. The kickoff returner gets paid to catch the football and make a play. Billy White Shoes Johnson, Tim Brown. Go through the greatest return specialist in football history. They made their bones taking punts and kickoffs back for touchdowns, changing field position, and now we voted to, hey, field position, we don't need to do that. Let's reward you for putting your hand up and let you get the ball. What I would have liked, if, if you fair catch the football, you get on the 15. You get on the 15. You get on the 20. There's got to be a penalty for that, but not the case here. If you want to touch on that, and also Q and I uh, dove into the flex schedule. That Thursday night football could be flexed. And there's two ways to look at this as a Raider fan. This is from week 13 to 18. And if you go through the 17 weeks plus the bye week, and the Raiders could get flexed out of a home game against the Chargers if they're not doing well. And that could happen. If the Chargers or the Raiders, one of the two teams, are not in contention, they could flex the Raiders out of a home game and take a home game, national game, away from them. But conversely, if the Raiders are playing well, they could flex the Raiders into another Thursday night game where they could play two. So that's the positive. I like Thursday night football because if you win the game, you get a bye week. You play on Thursday and then Sunday. You get nine days off. If you lose on Thursday night football, it's a pain in the ass because you got to sit around stewing and upset all week that you lost, and then you don't play till the following Sunday. So if you're really good like Kansas City or Philadelphia is now, you want those Thursday night games because when you win them, you're going to get more time off. It's like having a second bye week. Q and I also went over the Raiders' schedule in detail. I don't like the week 13 bye week. Here's what I don't like. Bobby, you ready for this? There's a couple of things very obvious I don't like. I don't like the fact that the Raiders have to open up with two road games to open up the year because they're not road games. They're home openers for Denver and Buffalo. If they were playing Denver in week four, it wouldn't be Denver's home opener. Okay, it wouldn't. They got to open up in Denver and Buffalo. Those are two hard places to play. Denver's a rival. They play in mile high, the rare air. And then you got to open up in Buffalo, and I told Q on the podcast, I think that's the toughest game of the year. Some might say the toughest game is at Kansas City. I don't agree. The Raiders play Kansas City pretty hard. Now, some, you know, Mostly they lose, but they know how to play Kansas City. The toughest game of the year is Week 2, Raiders at Buffalo. Period. That's the toughest game I think they're going to have to compete in, let alone win. And if they win that game, great. Now, Buffalo's going to be coming off a short week because they open up the season on the road against Aaron Rodgers. So that might benefit the Raiders there. And the Raiders have a number of games where they're playing a team coming off Monday Night Football. So that team's going to be on a shorter week. The other thing I don't like about the schedule, I mentioned the bye week, week 13. I do not like that. And then the other big takeaway, I don't like playing Denver week 1 and week 18. That's too far. Like, come on, week 1 and week 18? And then Kansas City, they're playing them in a matter of four weeks twice. I wish they spread that out a little bit more. I'd rather open in Kansas City and get out of the way. Really would. I'd rather play week two in Kansas City and just get it out of the way where Kansas City might not be clicking on all cylinders. The rest of the schedule I love because there's a lot of primetime games. I like the primetime games. I like the excitement of us having a pregame show on Sunday or Monday or Thursday night. It just adds a little bit more to it. makes the game a little bit bigger. So anything on the schedule and all that, you'll catch that on Raiders Roundtable as we get rolling. I don't have cookies to give out or T-shirts or koozies. We just want hockey fans who think they can win. If you don't think they can win the Cup, uh, call your shot in advance, but they don't play game one until Saturday, 702-365-9200. And then other than that, it's a quiet day. I mentioned the NBA. I want to lead with the Golden Knights this hour. 
as they got off to that one nothing lead. Carrier got him going early. They needed that first goal to try to take the crowd out of the game. Kolasar finds the puck in the left corner. Joined by Nick Waugh. Sidesteps a sandwich. Carrier gets it in front. He shoots. He scores. William Carrier, a backhand goal. And for the third straight game, the Knights take a one nothing lead. William Carrier's second goal of the playoffs. Yeah, that was a big goal for him. Only his second goal of the entire playoffs. But he came through for his teammates. He came through with a monster goal that got his team going. And that's the importance of the Golden Knights. We've talked about the depth of this team to get out to that lead early. And William Carlson has been playing great in the postseason, especially in this series, while Bill gets on the board. Barmashev to the right for Smith. Put it in front. Shot. Score. Carlson. Power play goal. It rattled in front. William Carlson finally found it at the left side of the crease. 2-0 Golden Knights, 9.35 to go in the first period. Great assist from the barbershop there, huh? Barbashev coming through. What an addition he's been. Kelly McCrimmon, what an addition Barbashev has been to this team. No doubt about it. And then getting Kolasar going is really important. Getting one of the, I wouldn't say better lines, it's not the best line on the team, to get production out of Kolasar, I thought he was the player of the game. Knights take the puck from behind their goal. Martinez springs Kolasar, joined by Carrier. Bank pass to him, left circle, back in front. Kolasar scores! What a setup! The Golden Knights have taken a 3-0 lead. Six minutes to go, first period. Yeah, I thought that was a nice goal there because it put the game away. Yeah, I jumped in the pool after that. We all got a little silly at my house. Dove in with the clothes on. We had fun. 3-0 at the end of one. Game was over. Game was over after one, and I needed that. I didn't want a stress game. Didn't want one of those 4-3 games. Pull the goalie, overtime, none of that. Uh, Vegas was just rolling at this point. Marceso is playing unbelievable, too. He's the pure definition of a Vegas sniper. Knights win a defensive zone face-off. Haig rims it around. Barbashev breaks in, joined by Marceso. Tucks it to him, shooting. He scores! Jonathan Marceso! Backhand goal! A two-on-one set up by Barbashev. 4-0 Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau's ninth of the playoffs, fourth of the series, and the Knights have pulled away. It's Dan Duva on all these calls with Gary Lawless on the Golden Knights Radio Network. What a call. What a great play-by-play voice and analyst as they do a great job here. William Carlson again just bludgeoning them, embarrassing Dallas as Dallas fans were looking for the exits. Right to left they come. And a steal in the neutral zone. Mike Amadio works in. Right circle. Tap back. Score! Carlson! The steal and the strike. Amadio to Carlson. He's got two today. 5 nothing Golden Knights. Two minutes into the third period. Wow, that line was real good. You heard Amadio on the assist there. He wanted to get his own goal. This was the 6 nothing final goal that led to the shutout. Out in front of chance. Amadio, he scores! Set up by William Carlson. 6 nothing Golden Knights. A great call there. There's a Vegas Golden Knights win in a shutout 6 nothing. Nobody had that. Nobody. Nobody thought 6 nothing. as in nobody. Even the ESPN guys that seem to be very Florida Panther friendly and not Vegas friendly never expected this. 6 nothing. the final. Here's Dan Duva as he wraps up the Western Conference. Congratulations to our play-by-play voice. Carrier, Carlson, Colasar, Marcheseau, Carlson, Amadio. This one is over. 6 nothing. A shutout victory in Game 6 for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. Knights radio on the call. So they win 6-0, six seasons, second trip to the Cup. 
Wow. Just amazing. Congrats to everybody who's a part of this team. They all deserve it, including Bruce Cassidy, because there was some adversity here after being up three games to none, and they had a fight to get back into the series and do a big job, and then they put him away in a blowout. Yeah, well, it's definitely our best game of the playoffs, and it came at the right time. Um, you never know when it's going to happen. You always want to keep building. So, boy, if we can bottle that going forward, uh, we're going to be a tough team to beat. But guys responded well to a little adversity. You get down, and great start. We just kept going from there. And I think they knew the importance of it. That's why you can sustain it. You don't want to let a team off off the mat. We were up 3 nothing. There was some chatter about that, so we wanted to make sure we took care of business. And once we did get the lead, I thought we did a great job staying focused on the what was in front of us? What an amazing job by this coaching staff. They just lost two in a row. They had to get on a plane. Instead of sleeping in their own beds in Vegas with their families, they had to get on a plane and go back to Dallas with all the doubt. I had doubt. I was worried about it. And what do they do? They come all the way back, and now they feel great going forward. Now this team has serious momentum. Well, listen, it's, I think it's an honor and a privilege to coach in the National Hockey League for any team. Uh, you know, For me, it happens to be the Golden Knights, and it was a – we were looking at it as a family, as a, a new adventure for us, and here we are going to the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it's what you want, but so do 31 other teams, right? And only two get to go there. So uh, it feels great right now. I think as a coach, you know, you'll enjoy it for a bit, and then it's right back to work because I've been there once and it didn't work out. You're losing game seven. So, you know, there's a lot of work ahead of you, but I do believe you have to enjoy these moments. It's not easy to do. How the hell do you fire this guy? How do you fire this guy from losing a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final? How do you fire this guy from Boston? I mean, what are they doing? Like, the guy should have been a Boston lifer. Goes to the playoffs, he loses in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup, and you fire him? And we get him here in Vegas? Just tremendous with Cassidy here. You know, they don't touch the Campbell Cup. They don't touch it because that's a tradition in hockey. He touched on that. I asked the guys. I'm not a superstitious guy at all. So I was game for whatever they decided. I mean, they're, it's their moment. Um, if they want to pass it around, great. If not, um, that's fine by me, too. Yeah, he's played in the game. He understands. Don't break tradition here and do that. And then finally, I wanted to talk about his move to switch up the lines and what they want to do here. That's what a head coach does. He tries to build chemistry, switch lines, try to get the team to have a little bit more energy. I thought this head coach did a brilliant job. I think what happened in Edmonton is you start to see these dominant center and, and you, you start thinking matchup, and William Carlson was very good at it. So moving another uh, guy like Nick Waugh up with them, you got face off, you know what I mean? There's different reasons guys to play center, so... We kind of stuck with it for a while because I thought Hints, honestly, at the start of the series was, you know, flying around like, you know, listen, no one's McDavid, but, you know, I mean, he was a dominant number one center and we had to make sure we found a way to keep him in check. So we kept, kept with it, but that got away from our rhythm of four lines a little bit in terms of Nick being that anchor on that line. And so Teddy comes in and does a really good job, too, I think, with just a little bit different players. So we just felt until a team's depth beats us, that's the way we're going to go. And a team's depth beat us in game five. That's what happened at home. Dallas's depth beat us. Okay, let's get back to balancing the lines. And and uh, so it's just a little bit of the adjustments that go on in a series. And Yeah, I thought the adjustments were great. The coach deserves a lot of credit. If this was a real hockey town, we'd have nine phone lines of everyone giving this hockey coach credit. This is not Detroit. It's not Calgary. It's not Denver. It's not New York. It's not Boston. I will fight through this. This hockey coach deserves credit from the people in this community for getting this team to the Stanley Cup Final.
period. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. 702-365-9200. Snow Raider is out in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Bobby. Thanks, JT. Congratulations to the uh, Knights and all their fans. Uh, I'm a, a huge hockey fan. Um, you got a big opponent coming up against Florida. They just mm. had that mojo. But all weekend I was at the ice rink. I'm a hockey dad. I was ha- helping out Robbie Glans power skating. He's he skated with the best of them. McDavid, uh, Crosby, you name it. So big hockey fans. Proud. I'm happy for your city. Um, but we got to get that city going. I agree. They deserve more support from the Vegas fans and so forth. I'm just looking for seven games in the final for the best trophy on the planet, the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That's what Vegas will realize soon. I saw your post in your jersey and your cigar, so congratulations to you. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, man. I'm banging my head up against the wall. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get this city behind me with this hockey team, man. I only, there's only so much I can do. I think it's great that you appreciate it. You know hockey. Uh, we're going up against a team in Florida that beat Boston in seven, dominated Toronto, beat Toronto, uh, swept Carolina, a very good team, and has had a lot of rest. Uh, with Matthew Kachuk and what they have here in their goaltender, this is going to be a hard out, but I think they're clearly the better team, the better roster, the deeper roster. They just can't screw it up. They can't screw it up. they got to win now. They're the better team. They have home ice. they got to put it all together. Come off the game they just won. They look unbeatable after that game yesterday. Let's hope they stay hot. I, yeah, I agree. That was over in the first period. Mm-hmm. On a closing note, I'm going to be your neighbor at the end of July, first week of August. We're going to the Tyler Kennedy hockey camp there at National City because Eichel sold out way too quickly, but I got my kid in that. Good. We'll be in Sutherland all week. Uh, hopefully, if your team wins, we'll uh, get a cigar and a Medela. I'll let you know when I'm there. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Appreciate that. End of July, I'm going to end up missing that fight. My nephew's getting married. The first wedding in my nephew with my dad's seven grandkids, his oldest grandson, my nephew's getting married the last weekend in July, so right before... Uh, preseason football, head back to New York for a quick long weekend for a family wedding. Looking forward to that. 702-365-9200 as we continue to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, all quiet with the Raider fans on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you look at Twitter and everybody's just spitting anger and upset. And then you turn on the phones here and you do a radio show and it's quiet. I- I'm happy with that. I don't want to stir the pot with Jimmy G. I hope to see Jimmy G next week because it's media day. That's where everybody gets their first. Remember the first day of school, Bobby? You had to get your picture. Usually that was the first day of school. Or no, they had it after the first week, maybe. So media day is next week. So all the media will be there. Everyone will get their pictures taken. Everyone will have, like, the Star Wars wands that they have to wave and the fun pictures and all of that. And it'll be interesting to see who's at media day. Leave it at that. It'll be interesting to see who's at media day. You never want to miss the first day of school in the pictures. You always want to have your picture buttoned up and looking good in your new uniform. Uh, the draft pick's planning on being there. Who will be there? What is the status of Josh Jacobs? I think Josh Jacobs is going to play under the franchise tag. If the negotiation doesn't extend it out there, he's going to get paid an enormous amount of money, an enormous amount of money on a one-year deal. I don't know how hoppy he is. He changed his number from 28 to 8. Hopefully we see Josh Jacobs around sooner than later. When we come back, uh, Linda Cohn, the great ESPN Sports Center broadcaster, joined me on my national show on Sirius XM, and we talked about the Golden Knights. 
I'm going to count on her to get the Golden Knights talk going. Appreciate everybody else who's listening as Stanley Cup week has begun. It's Tuesday and game one is Saturday at the Fortress. We'll give you the in-depth team coverage with the insiders. Vegas Golden Knights are going to help us along the way and hopefully the fans and the excitement is overflowing this week in Las Vegas as we're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. And uh, here we are about, you know, we took another step. We took another step. We got through this to the final. Now the conversation becomes, you know, it's about finishing the job. And, you know, Florida's having the same conversation. But that's where we were and, and, and good for the guys for responding today. I think to a man, they, they all brought their A game. Yeah, they did. That's Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights as they're on the way to the Stanley Cup on Saturday. We're brought, uh, brought to you by Meetup Vegas. You know, I always tell you I got the meat hookup. I do. This is the only place I buy meat. Meetupvegas.com. Order, 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 and get meat delivered fresh right to your door. Aged to perfection. Juicy fork tender ribeyes, which are amazing. You can get six pieces, 16-ounce aged ribeyes, boneless, Prime and premium Angus beef available starting at $200 with the discount. Now it's your chance to experience the highest quality aged bone-in ribeyes. That's the way I do it. It's always great. It's always good. It gets delivered right to my door. This is the same meat that the chefs get in town. It's just wholesale. That's the way to do it. No more grocery store meat. Never. Meetupvegas.com. Put in JT Brick at checkout. You'll get the same exact deal that I get every week. Linda Cohn is an icon in sports. She really is one of the longest tenured voices on SportsCenter, now with ESPN and hockey. She's fantastic and a longtime friend. So I was on the radio on Memorial Day earlier before the game. She was on right after me. We had a little crosstalk to talk about our Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yes, and here is the tweet I just sent out. The great Linda Cohn joins me now as I try to will my Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup final on Memorial Day. Linda Always a pleasure. You know more about hockey than anyone I know. To get you on Memorial Day means everything. How are you? JT, first of all, uh, great to be with you uh, on any day. It doesn't have to be just a holiday. And number two, uh, this is a great warm-up act for me because I'm filling in for the doggy coming up after your show for three straight hours. So you're doing me a great favor. Get me in that talking mode. This, you should. Yes. I'm pumped up for tonight. I mean, we got two, as you know, and you've been talking about it forever. Two amazing games. I am going to go through serious withdrawal once the hockey season and the NBA season ends because baseball doesn't do it for me. I will be counting down the days to the NFL and the training camps and everything. There you so go. enjoy this tonight. The listeners have to enjoy what we're going to see tonight is my whole point. And, it's, and it falls on a holiday when most people are home and you get to be on a, as long as I'm on too. I appreciate that. I want to get to the Golden Knights because – I didn't think it was going to be easy, but to be up 3 nothing and to dominate them in Game 3, I didn't think Dallas had a lot to come back for. Of course, they're playing at home. They don't have their captain. They were humiliated. Their fans were throwing popcorn at the Golden Knights players. I just thought they were checked out, and all Bruce Cassidy had to do was get his team up for the game and win and win in a sweep. I think are backpedaling here, Linda. Dallas looks like they're really surging at the right time. How do you see it? 
Yeah, I before the series began, uh, I too thought it was going to be tough for Vegas, but I did pick them to win in seven games. Uh, I can't put this on Bruce Cassidy at all. I put this on the players in that room. You have six players on the Vegas Golden Knights who have won Stanley Cups. A bunch of others have been to a million conference finals, as you know. You live there, and they've had such unprecedented success. The Vegas Golden Knights, of course, their first year, for those who don't know, you should know this ad nauseum, they went to a Stanley Cup final, and then, you know, the, the except for two, one season when they didn't make the playoffs and another, they went to a conference final. So they have experience in the room. Um, Dallas was not just going to skate away just because their fans were throwing things on the ice. They were playing for their captain who did an awful, made an awful decision by cross-checking uh, Mark, uh, Mark Stone in the back and got a two-game suspension for it. But Vegas took their, pe- their foot off the pedal. I mean, we see this in every sport. You get a big lead. You think, okay, you know, we don't have to play as hard. We forget what God is here. Vegas, they know what they have to do. They got away from playing their game, which was keeping the opposition to the outside, keeping the opposition from those high-danger scoring chances, which the Stars got a bunch of on Saturday night. And they have to be better, the Vegas Golden Knights I'm talking about, in puck management because they had 24 giveaways uh, in that game on Saturday night. And here we are. Linda Cohn is our guest. She's coming up next. Filling in for Doggy. You know, when, when I look at Vegas with Aiden Hill, and he's played so well, if yeah. Robin Leonard didn't have his personal issues and was flurry before that, before they let him go, you'd be talking about Aiden Hill being a third-string goalie, playing this deep into the playoffs, and he gets an opportunity to start, and he's been tremendous for Vegas here, but still not a goalie with a legacy of experience coming into a game there. He's been playing well. Do you think he could still be the strength on the back end for Vegas's defense with him in net? Absolutely. Uh, he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, the, that one goal that went by him that looked at first sight uh, was a softy. Mm. Actually, it was deflected off uh, there his defenseman, Alex Petrangelo, as you know. So that was an impossible save to make. He's been amazing. He's put themselves, he's put the team uh, in position to win every game. That's all you ask to your goalie. You don't have to have a legacy. Uh, look at Matt Murray, who won two Stanley Cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he had no legacy. Um, and, and look at him now. The point is this. He's got a great defensive core, playing in front of them, you know, all you have to do is make that first stop. But again, some of their forwards forgot to play a 200-foot game and help out that decor. Uh, the decor mm-hmm. has been outstanding. I mean, Bruce Cassidy can put the, you know, the, the third um, pair out there against the top line of the Dallas Stars and not worry about anything. That's how good they've been. So this every game has been so close. I mean, last game it was crazy. It had uh, Ty DeLandria of the Dallas Stars, finally someone else other than Jason Robertson scoring goals for this Dallas team. So the stars still don't are not showing tremendous depth yet. Okay, Saturday they had a Glendening goal and they had two from Delandria. The rest has been all Jason Robertson in this comeback. Now Jamie Ben is back. Uh, he's going to be itching to play. You you can bet he's not going to do anything stupid. Their captain, but he's going to be great in the faceoff circle. Everybody on mm-hmm. Vegas has to step up their game. I believe they can. I believe they're talented enough to do this, and they've been a great road team all year. JT. Nobody panic, as I like to say, JT. 
<laughs> you know, from my <laughs> freshman to senior year in high school when the Islanders won four cups in a row. I grew up with that, and now I'm in Vegas. As you know, I had to get rid of the Islanders. Had to because I couldn't root for two teams, and I, I jumped onto Vegas as an inaugural expansion team. They brought me tremendous joy, not only as a broadcaster out here, but as a fan, and it's getting a little bit tight under the collar. Florida is waiting the winner of this series. Tell us on the way out what you think about Florida a team that got in through the back door but now are rolling to beat Boston and to have this much rest. What do you expect to see from the Panthers in the next series, the cup final? Yeah, I love Florida. Uh, I I did pick Mm. them to win the last series. I picked them uh, to beat Toronto as well. I just feel that they got something special going on. We always hear in every sport, rust or rest, you know, rust or, you know, rest, right? What's better, blah, 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 blah. Uh, You know, Florida, I mean, if I was a betting person, Florida uh, might lose game one against whoever they play, Vegas or Dallas, because they're resting so much, right? But um, I just really like what's going on there. It's magical, the way Sergei Bobrovsky's playing. Is there some concern that they're resting a lot? Yeah, there's a little bit of concern. But this is hockey, and these guys need to rest. They've gotten banged and, and bruised, uh, and, and it helps considerably in the Stanley Cup playoffs compared to any other sport. Rest is uh, is key. So, yes, the winner of the Vegas and the Dallas Stars Western Conference Final, they'll be fired up. They'll have momentum on their side and all that, and they'll have their adrenaline pumping through their veins. But uh, I really like what Florida is doing, and uh, I'll probably stick with them, you know, on their magical run. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. Enjoy uh, your show today. It's going to be great. And then I asked all the guests today, what's on the menu? It's Memorial Day because where you are out here on the West Coast, is it is it? Mexican food after the show is it mm. is it a barbecue still as the because I know you've had some May gray and some June gloom and you're like me we moved out west only for great weather you want to go to Bristol for warmer weather is, it, is the weather coming back in Southern California for you it's still it's it's it, we're in it's May misery it's not we haven't even hit yes. June gloom yet <laughs> It's so cloudy, but us East Coasters, JT, we're okay with it because it's still, you know, when it's not raw weather, it's not super rainy, it's not yes. all that. It's just kind of cloudy, and it's so funny. And I'm still able to get my tennis game in, but you know, I've been trying to eat well, you know, so I have some grilled salmon waiting for me in the fridge that I can Beautiful. dive into after the show. I'll be listening by the pool. Have a great show. Thanks for doing <laughs> Enjoy. this. Enjoy. Thanks for having me, Thank JT. Thank you so much. You got it. That's the great Linda Cohn. How refreshing is she? She's diehard hockey. Diehard hockey there. So that was before the game. I wasn't feeling really good about it. Uh, she likes Florida. There seems to be a little bit of ESPN bias going with Florida. I don't like the show. I'm a big fan and friends of Steve Levy. He anchors their in-studio show with Mark Messier. Chris Chelios, and when they do that with Subban and he acts like a fashionista and all that, I'm not a big fan of his, but I think they're happy to be in Vegas. There's no doubt. Hopefully we'll get Steve Levy on next week to preview this. My son just showed up in studio. My son, the graduate from Oklahoma, is here. He's been working on some videos, wanted to put out a viral video today. He's very good on the TikTok. He's very good on TikTok and all that, so we'll put that, put out some content here as he's in studio with me today. And uh, when we come back, uh, Howard Balzer, the NFL Hall of Fame voter, the Hall of Fame voter on DeAndre Hopkins and where he could end up. Not going to end up with the Raiders. The Raiders are loaded when it comes to the receivers. But could he help out an NFC team? Or was Arizona the worst team in football and they're rebuilding? A lot of people think Arizona's the team that's going to tank for Caleb Williams. How does that sound? We'll talk to Howard Balzer 
on the other side as we continue. Brought to you by our great friends, the local laborers, 872, led by Tommy White. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know every, every player says that when they come up to their first press conference, but that's my goal. I want to go get a ring, uh, get the silver and black back to where it should be. And uh, I know it's not an easy process. Been through it. San Francisco, you know, lower end of the field when I first got there, but it's a process, but it'll be worth it. JT back on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. That was Jimmy Garoppolo from his initial press conference. There's a lot of false propaganda out there. There's a lot of lazy media, a lot of people looking for some off-season low-hanging fruit. I was in the building today. Jimmy Garoppolo was on pace to come back and be ready for training camp. A lot of people worried about his status. The Raiders made sure the contract was written up correctly. They're protected on the back end if there's a scenario that he can't play. All indications are Jimmy G will be fine, ready to go. He's in the building. He's lifting weights. He's working with Devontae. He's cutting up film. He's doing everything you're supposed to. He knows the system from Josh McDaniels. He knows everything. He's ahead of schedule when it comes to the preparation of this offense because he's been in this offense before with Josh McDaniels. He's got great receivers, the leading running back in the NFL, and Josh Jacobs. So all should be quiet on the Jimmy G front, but there's a lot of Raider haters out there that are looking for anything negative, and I can tell you from being in the building today, there's a lot of positivity because Jimmy G is supposed to be on pace to be ready for training camp. All right, let's get into the Golden Knights a little bit more before we wrap it up on the other side, but Howard Balzer, the Hall of Fame voter who covers the Cardinals, and votes for the NFL Hall of Fame. Wow. How about that for a legend? He's kind enough to join us. Coming off my 27-year anniversary yesterday, I started with him at Sports Fan Radio Network. Howard, thanks for coming on. We wanted to get an update on DeAndre Hopkins. Tell us about the numbers, the money, and why Arizona said goodbye. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, JT, and great being on uh, with you. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I always thought that this was – a possibility uh, that the Cardinals didn't want the situation to linger if they didn't feel that there was a legitimate uh, trade partner out there. And that's really the essence of this, is that there was no team willing to give up uh, what the Cardinals felt was legitimate compensation, if in fact compensation at all, for DeAndre Hopkins. But one thing I do want to mention, JT, is while it's been universally reported that he was released on on Friday because the team announced it. The fact that the fact of the matter is he has not been released yet because with this holiday weekend, there was no personnel notice in the NFL on Friday, or will mm-hmm. there be one today? So the soonest that he could be off the roster is tomorrow at the earliest. And so it gives an opportunity if some team wants to step in and say, Hey, we want to acquire DeAndre Hopkins and make sure that we don't have to bid for him if he becomes a free agent, it could potentially happen. I don't think it's likely, mainly because of his contract. And a lot of the teams here, the the funny thing, JT, I say this so many times, is we read so much speculation and here, there, and everywhere about, oh, this team would be a great trade partner, but no one ever looks at the salary cap. And the reality Mm -hmm. is 
that DeAndre Hopkins is scheduled to make just under $19.5 million in his contract. And so anyone trading for him would have to have that room available. And the Chiefs don't. The Bills don't. They're not even close to having that. So any team acquiring him would have to reach an agreement with Hopkins to lower his cap money, perhaps add years to his to his contract, and give him a guaranteed signing bonus. And I'm not so sure a lot of teams want to do that for a guy who's going to be 31 in a, in a little over a week, has only played 19 games the last two seasons, and is a guy that doesn't like to practice. And so I'm going to be very curious, mm-hmm. assuming that he is released, what will be the true market for him when he becomes a free agent. Howard Balzer is our guest. Great analysis. DeAndre Hopkins becoming available. Look, if it wasn't the Chiefs in the AFC or Buffalo, and you pointed out the cap issue, and I'm assuming he's going to negotiate and play for less at this stage of his career for obvious reasons. He played for a terrible franchise in Houston. Arizona had their moments, but overall, you know, they weren't there and trending upwards as he's leaving. Where could he go to get a really good shot at a ring if it's not kansas city and buffalo at a lesser price i would think it'd be in the nfc is there an nfc team that you see there that could look from the giants to the cowboys or other teams that say yeah it makes sense with a certain quarterback and he can instantly upgrade that offense you know dallas has been mentioned as a potential Mm -hmm. landing spot they'd have to do some things with the salary cap also uh but you know they just recently traded for brandon cooks and they have cd lamb and so I'm not so sure that that would be a great landing spot. So, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that there won't be any teams interested, but I'm not so sure that the market will be certainly as robust as he probably believes it will be. And one other factor here, JT, is DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have an agent. I mean, he's in somewhat the, a similar situation to Lamar Jackson, who left a lot of money on the table over the last couple of years uh, because he didn't have an agent, finally did reach agreement uh, with the Ravens, you know, in recent weeks. Uh, But still, when you have the contract he has or becomes a free agent, then it comes down to, hey, how's that going to happen? Because he doesn't have an agent. And I think there are times like this is when it's very important for a player, obviously, to have an agent. So, like I said, I think it's going to be a very intriguing situation, assuming he does become a free agent. Uh, who will really be interested? I mean, like like mm-hmm. you said, you can name a lot of teams that could be potential, you know, spots that he could help upgrade, you know, that receiving core. But you know, once again, the question comes down to price and all those other little, uh, some of the other baggage uh, that the Andre, you know, Hop- Hopkins mm-hmm. comes with. Howard Balzer is our guest, Hall of Fame voter, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, let's jump into go around the league. How you're reading Vegas and Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. And the procedure he had, because it was pretty clear to me after his contract got delayed a day, everybody in the room should have figured out what was going on with his physical. If they didn't, I get it. That offense is loaded, loaded with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. They get Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. And again, the leading rusher in the league. If they got Garoppolo playing well in the red zone, as better than Carr in the red zone. And Jimmy's won four playoff games in a lot of games. I think the Raiders, they got problems on defense, but their offense can stack up against anybody. Now this guy's going to have to pass the physical and be ready for training camp. What are your sources telling you out of Vegas and what's going on with the Raiders? Well, well certainly I, I think they believe that he will be 
healthy in time to be able to contribute. I think that, you know, if, if they didn't believe that, they would have done something more in terms of, you know, having a legitimate backup to him uh, throughout this long, a relatively long off season. But here's the reality, JT, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Injuries are frequent with him. And even if he comes back healthy to begins the season, who's to say he's going to last the season? I mean, let's remember the whole Brock Purdy situation happened last year because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt again. The whole conundrum the 49ers faced with Trey Lance and the reason they made that deal to trade up and get him a couple drafts ago is because they couldn't count on Jimmy Garoppolo staying healthy. You're right. When he's been healthy, he's a very competent quarterback that can help a team win, but he gets injured a lot. That's just reality. And so that becomes, to me, the biggest question with him is maybe not as much will he be healthy when the season starts, but will he be able to stay healthy? And then all of a sudden the team's going well and he's not there, then what will the Raiders do? Maybe they think, JT, that Aiden O'Connell will will have lightning in the bottle like Brock Purdy did last year with the 49ers, but that's an awful lot to expect. Great transition. I was just going to ask you about Brock Purdy. Very important here because Mac Jones regressed from year one to year two. A lot of guys have that sophomore slump. It's been around in sports, baseball, the NBA. It happens at times. There are not many of those who shoot right to the stratosphere. So, Kyle's all in on Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, coming off a pretty serious injury with Trey Lance there, no Jimmy Garoppolo. Could they blow Could they blow this window of opportunity to win not only a Super Bowl but multiple Super Bowls because they're developing a quarterback with an elite defense? How do you see the 49ers going forward? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and, and I do think that uh, with, with Purdy's situation, you know, in terms of sophomore slump, obviously there were a lot of other factors in New England. Uh, with the mistake that Belichick made with the offensive coaches and the team wasn't as good around him as they are around whoever the 49ers quarterback is. Uh, but, you know, per- I-, I personally think, JT, that they made a pretty good move in signing Sam Darnold uh, to a very reasonable contract. Mm-hmm. Now, now he's a guy that has had injury issues throughout his career with the Jets and then with Carolina. When he's been healthy, he's played pretty solid football. But wouldn't that be something? You know, if the 49ers are counting on another guy that can't stay healthy, if in fact, you know, Purdy isn't ready or he doesn't play as well as he was playing at the end of last season. But, you know, the 49ers have that, that attitude, I think, that, hey, with, with their style of play, it's really a run-first offense, excellent defense, that they feel they can, you know, just put a quarterback in there as long as he doesn't make mistakes they're gonna, and bad decisions, they're going to win a lot of football games. And that's pretty much been, you know, the story with them over these last, you know, few seasons. So it definitely will be something to watch, but obviously they really like what Purdy has, but what he, what he does have is a consistency in the coaching staff, in the, in the scheme, in the way they play that was different than what Mac Jones had last year in new England. One more for Howard Balzer. Howard, I think that Aaron Rodgers is handling this move to the Jets brilliantly. My wife even pointed out him being a Taylor Swift and, you know, playing up to all the fans there, biggest concert in the history of MetLife and the practices and, you know, nicked up a bit here, but the press conference he won, 
And he knows he has to defuse the New York media, defuse it, make sure he gets them on that side. It's a Yankee town. You got the Mets, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, the Knicks, Brooklyn. I think he loves it. I think he understands this is the end of his career, the back end of his legacy. Take me through the move to the Jets and how you think he's handling all this. Well, you listed all those other teams and the Yankees town and all that, and you didn't mention the Giants because when it comes to the NFL, it really is a Giants town. But that doesn't mean that uh, the Jets really couldn't make a big step if obviously they can play to the level that everyone is expecting. But I do agree he's, he's, he's done the right things uh, so far. Yes, he did have a little tweak of an injury, and that's the one, you know, the one thing you do wonder about with a guy at his age. His, his season last year with the Packers was definitely affected by some injury that he was trying to play through, but he wasn't the same guy. And obviously the expectations are very high there. And you're, they're playing in a stacked conference, in a stacked division, that is not going to be obviously an easy path uh, to, to even make it. Uh, to the postseason. I mean, if you don't win your division, which will be tough over Buffalo, then, then you're competing with Miami, with all the other teams that don't win divisions in the, those other divisions, and it's not a guarantee, but uh, he'll, he'll definitely have a lot of eyes, obviously, on him and that franchise and an awful lot of primetime games that is something the teams have to, have to deal with. I mean, everyone's, oh, it's great. They're on Monday night. They're on Thursday night. They're here, there, and everywhere. But in terms mm-hmm. of a team preparing to play games, primetime games can, you know, can, can, can be a negative issue at times. So they've got a lot to deal with. He is doing all the right things, but it will come down to all, you know, all the players around him and whether they can play at the level necessary uh, to be you know, as good as th- people think they can be and to get into that postseason tournament. All right, Howard, I've been out west longer than I've been back east. I said the wife's got carne asada marinating. You in St. Louis and your roots and now being out west. What is on the menu today at the Balzer Compound here for Memorial Day? Yeah, we got, we got some ribs, to, uh, you know, getting going and, yeah. and some, you know, some other, other good things. Got some family in town. So it's, it, it's, it's always great. Uh, you know, it's always good to be able to take a step back. But also, at the same time, remember uh, what we are what this Memorial Day truly means. And, and I hope that everyone uh, out there, while they're partying yeah. and enjoying and, and having you know, all the good meal, takes a moment to, to really reflect on that, that what we are able to have as a society is in big part uh, for those that have given their lives in, uh, for this country over the, over the many years. My longtime friend, Howard Balzer, from Memorial Day yesterday. I wanted to get that in because of the Raiders' content on Jimmy Garoppolo. And DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is going to, if he wants to take a cheap deal and go to Kansas City, that's his best chance of getting a ring. I don't think Buffalo needs him that bad. He could go to the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. They're not done yet. The problem with DeAndre Hopkins is he's made a lot of money already. He's not going to make a lot of money going forward because they just walked away from his deal. So now he's got Clutch as his agent. He's going to want more money, but a lot of other teams aren't going to pounce on the amount he wants. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Thanks to all of our guests. A lot happening tomorrow and the rest of the week. we got a busy week. Uh, Kevin Higgins, newest member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, my good friend, will join us tomorrow. Hopefully Bill Williamson, more Raider content, and we count down to the Stanley Cup, which is coming up on Saturday. Can't wait for that.